Welcome to episode four of the Bat Tat Show. Chris and Colin here with you. Hey. So far, so good. Yeah. Your dad said he likes the show. Yeah. He listened last night. He he thought it was pretty good, I guess. Yeah, that's cool. Positive feedback from the first few episodes. Uh, that's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good start. And actually, we didn't talk much off air about this, but it's something I just learned a couple hours ago. I thought on kind of a pop culture podcast, we should mention uh, that Tina Turner died today. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. uh, My dad sent me a message about it. Did he? It's too bad. Obviously, quite an iconic talent. Yeah, I mean, legend. Again, like like Aerosmith, she's legendary. Legendary, yeah. I think she had a great voice. She has just some uh, absolute knockout hits. I mean, you know, we talk about movies and then about soundtracks and songs and things, and I, I don't hear We Don't Need Another Hero without thinking of Beyond Thunderdome, and I don't see Beyond Thunderdome without thinking about the song. I have to admit, I haven't seen any of the Mel Gibson Mad Max <laughs> movies. Oh, no. The first one was uh, was all right. I mean, a little average, but it was all right. Road Warrior was good. And Beyond Thunderdome probably got a little bit more campy, maybe, but it definitely had its moments. It definitely really had more humor than the others. Tina Turner was in that one, and then she sang the song. That's, That's pretty cool. Pretty classic. Did she sing What's Love Got to Do With It? Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, oh lots, 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 <laughs> lots, lots. <laughs> I thought that song had a little bit, at least something to do with Ike. So it's probably not the happiest of songs. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe not. But I know that was the name of the. It's not like the happiest sounding song, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know that's the name of the biopic. So we figured since we're doing a Batman, uh, well, our podcast is called The Bat Tat Show, that we maybe should touch on Batman here and there. So. Fear is a tool. When that light hits the sky, it's not just a call, it's a warning. This is the Bat Signal, your weekly intelligence report on all things bat, bat, bat. I'm always happy to talk about Batman, so it's good to me. Good to me. We talking a little currently, like Batman, where Batman stands today? Yeah, I, I just watched the final The Flash trailer. Yep. Which is great because there's a Pink Floyd song in it. <laughs> the other trailers looked awesome too. I guess I'm pretty excited that even Batfleck looks like he might be kind of cool in it. I'm just excited that there's so much Batman in the Flash movie. I've watched all the trailers too and I did watch the final one recently and I thought it reminded me a little bit about of, uh, of kind of how Marvel got where even though it was, for example, Captain America Civil War, it was, it was a Captain America movie, but I mean, Iron Man and some of the other characters... We're in it just as much as yeah as Captain America, so um, it kind of had that feel to it. Where you know, the, since this is going to be basically Flashpoint, as I understand the Flashpoint story, we get a whole bunch of Batman. It looks like, and which is not a bad idea, in my opinion, uh, to throw some Batman in there when you're talking. You know, Ezra Miller's had some issues, and the Flash TV show has gotten to be extremely average to below average. Oh, I haven't seen the last couple seasons. Oh, rough. <laughs> the last couple of seasons just maybe quite a few actually have been a little bit rough. But in any case, I don't think it was a bad idea to feature Batman as much as they did. Do the whole multiverse thing and have two different Batmen. <laughs> yep. There's maybe rumors of more if I'm not mistaken, but I haven't seen anything for sure. Oh, well, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, except the one I heard rumored was Clooney. And I thought, oh, that's yeah. really of all the <laughs> Of all the guys to play Batman, you're going to bring Clooney's back, but right, 
Maybe that's making fun of Clooney. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it might be. It might be more of a joke than anything else. Keaton's Batman is still, I don't know. That's another de- debate too for another for another episode is which Batman's the best. I could go back and forth between Keaton and Bales, and I like them for different reasons. I always liked Batman, but I became a, a big fan after the Keaton movies. I probably do have quite a bit more of a affinity for the Keaton Batman, and he does such a great job, and he's just continued to be just a tremendous actor. I think it's going to be, I don't know, I think that looks pretty cool. I'm just going to say, as long as we're talking about that trailer, uh-huh. there's one thing that DC might be doing. I don't want to say anything until I see the movie and I can confirm it, but it, it would be a little bit unfortunate. I just won't say anything. I just caught something in the trailer. I thought, eh, I don't really like the look of that. We'll see how it goes. The other thing about Batman, Batman 2 is also in the works. Oh yeah, yeah the Batman. Yeah, the Batman. Outside of the DC Extended Universe, I guess, which as a Batman fan, I guess I'm okay with just because it gives us more. But at the same time, you would like them to keep things a little bit more tidy. With James Gunn kind of taking over the whole direction of DC films and creating this new DC universe, I guess, instead of the DC Extended Universe, I'm kind of okay with the first slew of James Gunn movies having their own Batman just because I really like the Batman and I don't want it to get ruined. (laughs) (laughs) Well, true enough. That did go for kind of like the Nolan Batman movies. It went for a little bit more, well, actually I'll say quite a bit more of a realistic kind of feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that does help a lot that the movie was good. And uh, I think people accepted Pattinson as Batman. For what part of the Batman story they were telling, I thought. I mean, I thought he nailed it. I thought he did really well. I have no problems with him as Batman at all. Interesting choice of villains in that one. But in any case, uh, I'm anxious to see what they do with the second one and who the villains will be and what kind of growth we see. I can't remember the name of the actor. The Bat-Tat News Desk has now confirmed his name is Barry Cogan. They introduced us to the Joker character briefly in the Batman in a extended scene that came out afterwards but i've heard they're kind of not wanting to go in the exact same like path as the nolan movies by having the joker be the main bad guy in the second one sure you would think he'd be involved (laughs) i mean if they introduced him right and you know if he's in arkham i don't know maybe do they just keep him there and he's somehow behind the scenes and plays a much lesser role i don't know the thing about the joker is depending on who you get to play him the joker can really overshadow (laughs) even batman (laughs) Oh, yeah. With the kind of portrayal. And I mentioned that, the you know, when we talked about per- performances. I definitely haven't read every Batman comic there is, but some of the runs I've seen, the Joker character is larger than life, not the, not the right saying, but is bigger than the Batman character. You know, Batman character is much more subtle and the Joker is kind of meant to be. Yeah, yeah. Larger than life. Yeah, larger than life. Really uh, exaggerated, quite frankly. I'm looking forward to the second one, and I hope that everything goes well with the Flash movie. I don't know what that means for the future. Yeah, I've been considering that a lot, too. Speaking of the Joker, then you've got the movie Joker, which is outside of any other thing, too. So DC's kind of all over the map. As much as I love Batman, as my, Batman's my favorite, you know, superhero. Yeah, mine, too. <laughs> and so, right, as much as I love Batman, DC itself has been a mess for long time all kinds of messy stuff like the batgirl movie i don't know if that's hbo's fault or dc's fault or or discovery plus i don't who knows it's 
what HBO is now. They had a full Batgirl movie in the can that had gotten generally favorable audience reviews that had to vanish for whatever reason. And then, like you just mentioned, the way the Flash movie is, it exists in the Batman 89 universe for part of the movie, but it also is rooted in the Snyderverse and the old DCEU. And it looks like it's going to be bigger than the Batman was. It's a little more approachable. <laughs> right. And so what are they going to do? Is it is that the end? Like, that's the swan song? Thank you for everything, that version? Or are they going to, is <laughs> James Gunn going to rethink things and maybe want to move forward with some of those ideas? I, I just don't know. I really have no idea. And I don't know how much I trust of what I read. It's a lot. There's just so many rumors and, oh yeah, you know, guesses and stuff going around. So I really don't know where this is going to lead. They bring up projects, they cancel projects. Henry Cavill's not Superman anymore. Maybe he is. No, he's not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so between Aquaman and Wonder Woman, they just can't get it to, to all come together. And I think overall, the movies have been decent. I haven't had a big issue. And I wonder if we would feel that same way if Marvel wasn't such a well-oiled machine. Yeah, right, right. Like if Marvel had just continued making the crappy Daredevil movie and uh, Elektra <laughs> and the 2003 Incredible Hulk film. Like if they were bouncing around between properties like that. And they put it together somehow. Yeah, that's the hope, I guess, because I'm... I'm definitely a bigger DC guy than I am a Marvel guy. I definitely have some of my Marvel favorites too, but I've kind of, I've just always been kind of naturally for whatever reason, been a DC guy. It wasn't a DC movie. It was like Warner Brothers or whatever, but you know, back in, what was it? 78 when Superman came out, the first couple were really good. Yeah. They're still heralded as tops in the superhero genre. Right. So really, DC's actually been at it for quite a long time and it's had success for a while because then they have, they found some success with the Burton Batman movies. But for some reason, Marvel just kind of seemed to snap its fingers and have things come together and DC can't get it going. <laughs> right. Ever since the Nolan films came out, I don't really think we've had much of a time where we have gone without having Batman in some form. Yeah, I mean, we got the Gotham TV show. We got the Ben Affleck. Batmans, we got the Batmans. I mean, yeah, it, there hasn't really been a break. Well, and then you had the animated series that has some icons in itself. Um, you know, Mark Hamill's Joker and Kevin Conroy, who passed not long ago, but it was really cool that he had a cameo in The Flash, the TV show, when they did kind of a multiverse thing, as did Ezra Miller. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Kevin Conroy was a live Bruce Wayne. He'd never done the cape and cowl, but he was a alternate Bruce Wayne. Oh, that's cool. Live in action, which was really cool. Yeah. To see, you know, to hear that voice in a live action Bruce Wayne was pretty cool. The animated series was actually really huge. I'm remiss because I, I call myself a Batman fan and I haven't watched any of it. Those are some really, I mean, for a 30 minute animated show, it was really done well. And the voices are just, the actors are just terrific. And then it kind of bled over into uh, Justice League too. Kevin Conroy was Batman again. There was some really good episodes of that too. And then they really started doing an extended universe, uh, not extended universe, but just the Justice League became, there were a hundred members, you know, that would show up. I mean, they would show all of them at one point at the intro, just kind of going by and and you're like, okay, now we're jumping the shark now if we're going to have this much. But by the way, I think the whole 60s Adam West Batman would be worth talking about sometime too. Just the utter campiness. And we can talk about this too, but I'll never forget the episode. Batman and Robin are in a, I don't know, some kind of restaurant or store or something. 
Somebody pulls out a gun and Batman pulls out this huge bat shield, deflects the bullets. When he's done, he kind of folds it up a little bit and sets it aside, <laughs> which goes to show you where on earth did he possibly get that from? <laughs> right. It was in his belt. <laughs> but they did they did that all the time. His utility belt it might have had a piano in it. We don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I watched those old shows on reruns prior to the Tim Burton film coming out. Uh, with the first time I saw that, I was, whoa, that, that's the same guy? <laughs> that was a shock to the system when you go from <laughs> yeah. when you go from the 60s Batman to Tim Burton's Batman or any of them nowadays. Yeah, it was a true departure from that. People had really gotten to, to like Batman from the 60s. I don't really remember. You know, it wasn't the internet like it is now. You don't hear as much about things, right. but... I'm assuming it took people a little while to get used to a true dark night, but we probably talked enough about Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got our five minutes in. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Movie trailers, though. Uh, speaking of, as we've talked a little bit about it, uh, seen any good movie trailers? Yeah, I have. I had to show it to Nicole tonight. I saw it last week, and it comes out in September. It's called The Creator. It's directed by Gareth Edwards, the Rogue One guy. Yep. It's good timing for it because the bad guy is artificial intelligence. The news likes us to get real worried about that all the time because <laughs> chat gpt is going to uh become sentient and whatever right. john david washington is in it i guess i actually like tenet which is kind of a hit and miss nolan movie uh, right. but he was great and then i thought the trailer is really exciting and cool but i feel like it gives away a plot twist where the brain that is running the ai is like a little girl i saw that trailer too uh very interesting it, de it definitely, for me, it definitely gave off a Terminator vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, with AI taking over and kind of human resistance kind of feel to it. I don't know if it's supposed to be like a little girl, like it's still new, or if it's just that's the form it is. I don't know, because like you said, there's a little twist in that all of a sudden he decides not to terminate it. Sorry to use that, but... <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't really take too much from that part. Just uh, interesting to see if it does come to some kind of twist or how they resolve that at the end. Are we going to, like at the end of the Matrix, the third Matrix movie anyway, are we going to be trying to live in harmony or what? Just a quick side note. Nicole and I have gone to movies well, almost like maybe four weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and we're seeing a lot of the same trailers, of course. We've noticed a trend and it's that in the trailer, the creator trailer is an example of this. There's a familiar song in it that but chopped it up a little bit or in the creator it's dream on by aerosmith but it's somehow it's bigger than the aerosmith song they do it so that it has kind of a haunting feeling to it that's why i mentioned the flash trailer having that pink floyd song in it i've been kind of getting annoyed by it but then that one because i like pink floyd so much i was like actually i can see how this works <laughs> mm -hmm. you're right have you seen any trailers oh yeah i saw that one uh and i also saw and I saw this a while ago, but I watched the newest one recently because I'm a big Mission Impossible fan. My wife and I both are. We really get into those kind of movies like Mission and the Bourne movies and stuff. So this is, you know, Mission and movies are coming to an end. And, you know, for Tom Cruise, for all the, the things that go around with Tom Cruise, right? the guy really is an entertainer and, and really knows how to put things together. You know, I was watching some of the stunts going, well, he probably really did that because he's so big on his own stunts. And I saw a comedian talking about, or not a comedian, but a comic actor talking to Tom Cruise about a stunt in one of his movies. And Cruise said, this is what I want to do. And the stunt coordinator said, no, no, we, we can't have you do that. So the guy talking to Cruise said, so what did you do? And Tom said, well, here's what I did. 
I got a new stunt coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one looks just like the other ones. I mean, very action-packed. To me, they've all had very interesting plots. They haven't trampled on each other with the plots or anything. No, but they've been able to kind of like string along themes and definitely the same characters. They've kept a lot of the characters, even the whole thing. Uh, I don't want to give away for people who don't see them all. Even his love interest that was in one movie and then it wasn't, and she kind of came back and you find out why they weren't together anymore, which I thought was actually really interesting. You know, it's not like Bond movies and I'm not knocking Bond movies, but there's a new love interest every movie. <laughs> I saw this new trailer. It's part one of the last set of movies that are coming out for Mission. And so... I thought it looked really interesting, and uh, it's. I think I think at the end it said coming soon. I don't think there was a date on it yet, which is kind of a bummer. But I know my wife and I will probably try to go to the theater for that one, just because we both like those movies so much. That's another one, like we talked about before. That's like there's such a level of spectacle to it. It's fun to see those in the theater. Yeah, some of those things you have to see on a big screen, or you want to anyway, if you can. Just because the spectacle of it and the stunts and things like that. And you're like, yeah, yeah that's probably really Cruz doing that. I mean, that's, <laughs> I do give him a lot of credit for that. Scientology aside, I actually really do like Tom Cruise as an actor. So yeah, he's, I mean, he's almost can't miss. Another one I saw, I mentioned this, I think when I was talking about in our debate about theater versus streaming, I'm just fired up for the forthcoming Dune 2. <sighs> and now... Colin talks about again. They released like the first, it's like a two and a half minute trailer. And I've watched it a few times because I'm so fired up. And it's funny because I'm reading the book right now too. I think I'm at the point in the book where the first film ends. So okay. it, might be, it might be okay for me to go back and watch the first film again. Uh, we'll see. It just, it's so cool because I read the book as a kid and I uh, saw the David Lynch movie. Yep. Uh, that had like staying in it, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Amongst others, Kyle McLaughlin was uh, was the main uh, character. Is that his name, Kyle? Yep, Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah. Uh, McLaughlin. <laughs> but anyway, I'm I'm just the timing. It kind of reminds me of when I was talking about a concert that was one of my favorites last week. In that, I'm so into it right now that I'm more excited about it than I normally would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so I thought that one's good. I was going to mention, I saw A Haunting in Venice. Have you seen anything about that? No, I haven't. It has the same character. Take this with a grain of salt. Hercule Perrault. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. It has... Uh, Kenneth Branagh? Yes, Kenneth Branagh that he played in Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile. It's the same character. And this is, it says it's called A Haunting in Venice. And it has Kelly Riley from Yellowstone. And uh, a few other people, including Tina Fey, which I thought was interesting when I saw her in the trailer. Yeah. It didn't really seem to fit, but she does seem to be branching out a little bit. My guess is that even though it kind of looks like it's supposed to be a horror movie, then when I saw Kenneth Branagh's character, I thought, okay, it's probably some kind of spectacle being put on to trick somebody and he's going to try to figure it out. I mean, that's what he does is in the books, Agatha Christie books, I think he, yep. he solves <laughs> solves mysteries <laughs> that's another thing becky my wife and i really like in addition to like mission movies we also like those movies the agatha christie movies and uh, we saw like knives out and the glass onion with daniel craig and his inspector which is very interesting too hey, we haven't watched the glass onion yet but it's definitely on the list it's pretty good it's it's not quite knives out knives out really kept me going till the end of trying to figure out what was you know who was 
doing this. I think we'll probably at least dream hunting in Venice just because of the nature of the kind of movie we like. Is one or the other of you better at solving the mystery before it gets solved on the screen? Good question. I think it depends on the movie. We usually both have theories. Beck is probably a little bit better at solving them than me because I just get wrapped up in things and I look for different things. Sometimes my mind wanders and I'm looking more at, uh, or I'm paying more attention to somebody's acting or the cinematography or something. Sure. I think she probably gets to some before I do Yeah. more often than the other way around. I kind of like being in suspense till the end though, too. Just Yeah, me too. When I watch with Nicole though, she's like taking notes and <laughs> <laughs> drawing diagrams on the wall like a beautiful mind and she's got it all figured out. So <laughs> you have red yarn going from one thing to another. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we don't go that far. We don't like getting up from the couch too much. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, there's some good there's some good ones coming out. I still want to see Guardians 3. You know, that's not as a new trailer or anything, but that's I do want to see that and a few others. So we did see Guardians of the Galaxy. We saw a fast 10 this last weekend. I'm not caught up. No, I had probably hadn't seen one since like seven. Okay. And I don't know if I had seen all six before that. And Nicole had actually not seen any of them. Oh wow, she really got baptism by fire then, didn't she? <laughs> it's just <laughs> It's so beyond ridiculous. Like it makes the the rock movie San Andreas, like it makes that look like a Shakespearean. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much every line Vin Diesel has is cringy, uh, as the kids like to say. Yeah. Just ridiculous things happen. Like, I don't know. There's a a helicopter scene that involves Vin's car and somehow he escapes being lifted in the air by both of them. And he's like... Uh, you missed one thing about me. You need to take away my car. <laughs> it's something to that effect. And then somehow he drives out of this disaster. <laughs> you know, I, I actually, I don't mind the, the, the movies. No, they're fun. I probably need to catch up on at least three, maybe four. Each one in succession has just gotten a little bit more ridiculous as yep, far as yep, yep. the plot and the action and all that goes. But I'll watch it just because. I don't expect a whole lot out of it. Just I do like Vin Diesel as Riddick. Oh yeah. In those movies. In fact, I've been talking to my son about starting the Riddick movies. Um, I haven't seen Pitch Black. I've only seen it once. Okay. So it's been years since I've seen that. I've seen the other ones multiple times because I really like them a lot. I think the fourth one's been rumored to be coming out. Well, that'd be cool. There's a lot of charisma in the in the Dom character he plays. Even if, like you said, each movie's be, kind of become a bigger spectacle, and <laughs> the lines have probably got dumber and dumber (laughs) it's still hard not to root for the guy (laughs) right yeah you still you still root for him and you still like the action and stuff there's probably just no more dialogue to to write for those characters (laughs) i mean as much as i love i loved the first john wick movie and i love keanu reeves but you know as they've gone along it's kind of been not quite to the extent of the fast and furious movies but nonetheless you know, the body count goes up and <laughs> right, and it just kind of gets more and more like, wow, he got away again. <laughs> yeah. And I like those movies, but you, yeah, after a while, when you start off with such a big premise, like those kind of movies did, because I mean, even like Fast and the Furious, the first one starts off with a lot of stunts and all that kind of stuff. And then you've got to pretty much escalate it every time and you, you just end up with just ridiculousness. I wish I could reference where I saw the story, but it was basically all the superpowers that Vin Diesel has gained since originally just being a guy working in a shop. 
<laughs> it's hilarious for sure <laughs> do you want to talk about your album review that's going to be all you i'm unfamiliar with them so the new album by the band sleep token they've been kind of an unknown band not unknown they have a following because they have i hate to compare it to tool because Tool's one of my favorite bands and like sleep token is one band that i like but not at the level that I like Tool. They kind of have Mystique. Uh, I guess the singer goes by the name The Vessel. I think there's a deity named Sleep that is involved in their ongoing. Their fans call going to their concerts rather than going to a concert. They call it worship. Ah. <laughs> I like bands with gimmicks, so I guess it makes sense that I would like them. But So this new album came out on Friday. They had put out the first five or six tracks as singles. When they put out the last single, I was like, you know what? I've had it. I want to be surprised by <laughs> some part of this album. So I tossed the album on on Friday. It's called Take Me Back to Eden. So I put it on, the like, like I said, the first five or six tracks I already knew. Finally, when we got to track seven or so, I, I started to be surprised by what was going on. And I think it's really cool. It's a little long, like 72 seasons was maybe a little long. Mm. They were sort of an unknown band, but for some reason, when they released the second single off of this album called The Summoning, which is six and a half minutes long, so I don't completely understand this. Everyone and their mother that likes metal and then kind of like outside of the metal world too were like, whoa, this band is the greatest because they went from a piddly, not a piddly, I mean, more more, more listens than we're probably getting on Spotify, but uh, <laughs> they quadrupled their listenership following that single. That doesn't seem to happen a lot, especially to a band that's kind of weird. <laughs> the other thing I'll say about the album, I guess, is that people probably who uh, definitely who know me are hearing me talk about it. They're like, oh, that must be one of those albums with a bunch of screaming and loud noise and stuff. But it's not that there is a brief screaming situation in, in the summoning. And then there's some screaming in the I think the other one that if you don't like screaming, you should skip is five. It's like this weird combination of some metal guitar tones with really serious pop and r&b sensibilities that song the summoning it starts out pretty atmospherically and like nice it kind of like lulls you into a comfortable feeling like you're in a nice warm bed or something and then they kind of pull the covers back or the thunderstorm hits so in that song the summoning it gets kind of heavy in the middle and then the last like two and it's a long song the last two and a half minutes are this just serious r&b groove not metal at all it just sucks you in, I guess, because the whole thing, the whole song just it like takes you different places throughout. Maybe that's why I like them so much, I guess. Do you think that's what drew people to to, to, to the band when you were talking about expanding so quickly the fan base? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it, they they do a little something for everyone. I don't know if they do a little something for everyone or if that's what they like to do. I don't know if they're just a purely marketing band. I've seen some reviews and some of the critics say that they try to, too hard to combine all the different genres and sometimes it gets too long or just doesn't work. YouTube channel I watch, uh, dude's name is Nick Nocturnal. He does all kinds of like metal stuff and reviews of new music. And he, For example, we talked about the Avenged Sevenfold new songs last week. So we did this short video where he listens to the new song and literally plays it, like figures it out while he's watching the video, which is definitely a talent I don't have. That's my favorite thing to watch about him. But the, And then there's this other guy named Finn McKenty. He's got a podcast called The Punk Rock MBA. I got into him because he does these tier lists. So I was watching his new metal tier list, like which band is in the A tier and the B tier, C tier, etc. Anyway, Nick's uh, description of the album was that it, it doesn't have a genre. 
or genre list, something of that nature, meaning lots of different people can get into it because it's accessible to different groups. So the metal guys probably like it because of the metal parts. One thing they talked about a lot is in order for a metal band to get really big, they need to have girls be their fans too. Uh, well, true. <laughs> and uh, the sultry R&B parts of the songs will pull not just girls, I guess people in general will pull people in that wouldn't normally choose out a metal album, I guess. True. Long story short, I like the album a lot. The longest song is over seven minutes long, but it's it's actually probably my favorite song on the album. But I don't know. I guess I don't have much else to say about it. I'd like to touch on maybe a new album or a new song I come across when we do our shows. Yeah. That's the one I had for this week. Well, absolutely. You know, a couple of things. Well, first of all, can you tell me what the name of the band is again? They're called Sleep Token. Sleep Token. Okay. I could suggest a couple songs. Aqua Regia is like a really good intro song because it's not too heavy. Oh, yeah. I guess there was one other thing I wanted to mention. They have a song called Are You Really Okay? We briefly talked about uh, Screaming Suicide, the message in it. And then this Are You Really Okay song, it's definitely also touching on uh, basically the singer has been trying to do uh, everything they can to take care of someone that is having mental health issues and the person having the issues just keeps saying that they're okay and not expressing how they're really feeling and then for me personally because I've had a lot of ups and downs in my mental health Mm -hmm. I completely get the part about saying you're okay when maybe you're not Mm -hmm. Uh, but at the same time I know I have put friends in the same position that the singer feels he's in where it just he feels helpless that he sees his friend struggling, but his his friend that's struggling isn't doing anything, like isn't at the right spot to do anything to take care of himself. And accept help. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. It's definitely not going to be one of the biggest hits from the album, I don't think, but it clicked with me the most. So yeah, that, <laughs> I, I wrote a bunch more notes, but I think we probably t- talked about it long enough. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's really cool. Like you mentioned, you you want to talk about songs and bands and albums you've heard. You definitely. I'm I'm very mainstream. I don't get you know the the music that uh, I hear outside of mainstream pretty much comes from you, or if I happen <laughs> to see something on YouTube or something, you know. <laughs> sure. I just don't. I I'm very mainstream. Just always have been. But it's cool that you have much, much broader appreciation of different kinds of music so you can bring that out to people because they are not going to get it from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, I guess there's something to be said for that. I I spend uh, most of my workday every day listening to different music, checking out stuff that obviously listen to 72 Seasons, but also checking out albums that I hadn't listened to in the past or something new or, sure. or just going back to the classics. So, yeah, I... Listening to music is a huge part of my day-to-day operation. I listen to uh, like other podcasts during the day, but I also I have to have music on in the car pretty much, especially oh, if I'm going sure. on a trip. I'm yep. always, I mean, that's, but I'm also one of those kind of guys who can listen to, you know, I mean, I have a set of songs on my phone. I don't, I don't want to overload my memory with too many songs. So I've got just kind of a set of a bunch of my favorites and it is a pretty good list but I could listen to it over and over again just because I like the songs. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's the way I am. Hey, that, that actually, okay. <laughs> that actually is going to lead into a, the next segment, which I think is going to be fun and and probably embarrassing at the same time. <laughs> Do you have, we talked a little bit off uh, about some of the things we wanted to talk about. One of them was guilty pleasure songs, movies, TV shows. Things that you like that you like probably wouldn't normally admit. Do you have any songs or 
bands or something that you would listen to that you would consider more of a guilty pleasure thing, not something you would out? I was trying to figure out if this qualifies or not, but I think if someone from the outside is viewing me as this rock and roll and metal guy, then they would look at this as a guilty pleasure for me. I'm a massive Phil Collins fan. <laughs> well, there really, there's not, nothing wrong with that. Phil Collins is a terrific musician. I think we mentioned that. Did we mention that one of these times because we were talking about... Talking about Disturbed covers? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, I guess I especially like the more, uh, not necessarily darker, but like the slower, like, lovey song ones. I don't know. <laughs> like that, uh, one more night. Oh man, that's a, that's a banger. Yeah, now, now you're slipping into where it definitely falls into more of the guilty pleasure kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, I wish it would rain down on me or however that goes. I, I like that song too. Yeah. It's good. There's good songs. Mine's kind of in a similar vein. I don't know if I would say necessarily a specific band or song, but being a child of the 80s, I can still listen and really enjoy a lot of 80s music. And a lot of 80s music is very cheesy, very simple. Like one that when I was thinking about this stuff earlier, one that came to mind was Tony Basil's Mickey, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean... (laughs) it's a good song it's fun i like that song just because it was an 80s icon song when i was out you know roller skating at the roller rink in town mickey was one of those staples that they played because it was beboppy and stuff and so a lot of the 80s songs yeah and, and some of the phil collins songs from the 80s and you know other other bands or performers that kind of had those cheesy songs i probably have listened to them all and could you know anytime just I listen to 80s music sometimes. Yeah, we've been actually, we've actually uh, tossed the old uh, XM or Sirius or whatever it is radio over to the 80s on 8 channel a few times recently because I've been in this Phil Collins kick. And <laughs> you're right, there's some pretty cheesy stuff, but there's, I, there's a lot of cool stuff too. I, I love synthesizers and mm-hmm. it was like the prime time for synthesizer use. It really was. And that's actually, okay, here's something I hadn't thought of. But now that you say that, this is why going back and forth is fun. Is that as great as, you know, and people know Van Halen to be in. When you mention Guilty Pleasure, you won't think of really a lot of Van Halen songs. But my very favorite Van Halen songs and one of my favorite songs of all time is Jump. Even Van Halen fans will criticize the song because of the synthesizer in it. Right. But I, just because of the time I grew up in, that was, I mean, 1984 is a huge album because I was 12 years old. I just outed myself with my age. You know, I was a early i wasn't even quite a teenager yet but i was really hitting that time when 1984 came out and i love the you know panama with the guitar and stuff too but i can listen to jump over and over and over it's my ringtone on my phone (laughs) that's kind of a weird kind of guilty pleasure so to speak just because as i said even van halen fans sometimes oh man it's one of those songs i guess if you're a van halen fan that doesn't like it or if you're a van halen fan that does like it either way it's one of those quintessential van halen songs oh yeah you've even heard of the name van halen you've probably heard that song. oh definitely and if you're a van halen fan that you don't and you don't like that song you probably don't even like van hagar at all then no that's true not that they use synthesizers but it was definitely a, a different sound so i like the dlr stuff better i guess but it doesn't mean that there weren't good songs with the red rocker also the original the classic sound will always be the original van halen but uh, I like some of the others too. I, I'm, I'm pretty much a full Van Halen fan. 
So as I was thinking about some of these things, then I also thought, okay, I definitely, since I'm such a big movie guy, I will also say this as far as like guilty pleasures go with movies. Okay, this is also going to be because of the time I grew up in. But I, anytime it comes on, I could watch Adventures and Babysitting over and over again. And you totally, you know, people I'm sure will totally laugh. But first of all, you have to realize that with the time I grew up in, it had Elizabeth Shue in there and you really couldn't go wrong with Elizabeth Shue. No. Oh yeah, she's in something I just watched. She's uh, she's kind of been coming back in some different things and it's been, because she was, uh, oh shoot. Oh, she's the boys. She's in the boys. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, there's that and just, uh, you know, it's just, it's a fun movie. It's it, There are definitely funny parts in it. It even has a little bit of action, so to speak, and it has the 80s feel to it. I don't know. That, like I said, I could, I could watch that over and over again and I'm sure people cringe when I, when I say that, but I don't know. I think it's fun. The scene where they're on the top of the building that's actually in Chicago with like the slanted yep. glass roof and they're I remember having seen the movie before I actually saw the building in person and being like, wow, that's so cool. I saw yeah. it in a movie. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That was intense. Yeah. <laughs> I guess my guilty pleasure of movies is also an 80s movie. And I don't know how soon after it came out, I saw it, but it's a it's a BMX movie called Rad. i never i never saw it but i know which movie you're talking about i think it's on youtube like for free that someone just kind (laughs) of like recorded with a video camera off their tv or something but it's just i don't know it it, like hit me at the right point uh where i thought bmx was the coolest thing that had ever happened and yeah it also had the song i think the band is real life and the song is send me an angel is that the right band uh i know the song i'm not it's like send me an angel yeah yeah oh man so there's this like vaguely erotic uh, <laughs> like bmx dancing scene <laughs> uh, BMX oh, oh yeah and um uh, what's uncle jesse's wife's name in full house the actress Lori laughlin yeah she's the she's the female lead uh, is she really yeah so and she's really pretty so <laughs> it's band real life send me an angel yeah so I, that is like the that is the moment from the movie that I'll never forget. And I I did find that that was on YouTube. So I recently viewed it and was reminded of how cool it was. But yeah, so definitely not an Oscar winner or anything and probably pretty low on everyone's list. But I really liked it. <laughs> you know, that that can happen. Um, speaking of a movie, and I, this is not a guilty pleasure movie, but when you were mentioning YouTube, this is the only place that I can see it right now. One thing I'm hoping sooner rather than later, I don't want to have to wait till he passes, but a movie that you can probably only see on like a YouTube right now is a movie called Light of Day with Michael J. Fox and Joan Jett. Oh, okay. And uh, Michael McKeon's actually in it too. And so is Gina, Gina Rollins, I think. Anyway, Joan Jett and Michael J. Fox are a brother-sister bar band uh, duo. Oh, okay. And um, it's uh, it, it actually has, they sing Light of Day that Springsteen wrote and there's some other songs that they that they have in the movie that they you know like Joan Jett sings and it's uh, they're actually really good songs and it's a it's not a great movie again not an Oscar winning movie but uh, and the reason I bring it up is because I'm really hoping that they put it out so you can get it on DVD sometime with you know with Michael J Fox being in rough shape and stuff right yeah but Joan Jett's still out touring I, I'm like can somebody please put that out on DVD so I can get it and see it in a nice clear picture because it's uh it just was i i just remember i remember it being a you know pretty good movie for an 80s 
I'd be willing to bet there are Michael J. Fox fans who have never heard of that movie. We'll have to talk about it sometime if it ever if it ever comes to light, you know, gets on DVD. How about TV? Did you watch any TV shows that you would? Yes, I. <laughs> Nicole and I now have dedicated our Friday and Saturday evenings to On Patrol Live on the Reels Network. Sorry, what's it called? It's called On Patrol Live. On Patrol Live. Okay. It was called something different before, and then it got shuttered for a while, but then it came back on reels, and it's like Cops, basically, uh, the old cop okay. show, but it's supposedly live. I mean, they're still making, like, editing choices and, like, which cops they want to zone in on or whatever. They have, like, a few different county and city police departments that they're contracted with. So you'll see the ongoings of Officer X in Richland County, South Carolina, uh, or, like... Officer J at Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. The Bat Tat News Desk has now learned the proper pronunciation is Wilkesbury. If you just watch one episode, then you'll just see those guys and be like, oh, that's interesting. But if you continue to watch, you, you continue seeing those same police officers and sheriff's deputies and stuff, and you kind of get invested. Uh-huh. And it's it's a little weird because it I mean it's legitimately what they're doing for their livelihood and risking their lives it's different than getting connected to like bart simpson oh yep <laughs> like a, a like a fictional tv character because these people are real and like in danger a lot <laughs> so yeah i think my friend Dwayne mentioned it at some point or maybe we watched some of the old show together when i was living with him i i don't know for some reason it, it came into my uh universe and i watched it a few times and i thought nicole didn't like it so i would just put it on to bother her <laughs> but now she's got now like if i'm upstairs or out with a dog or something and eight o'clock rolls on around she's got it on before i before you get there because we're both hooked on it <laughs> well cops you know you're talking about being invested in something like well cops is huge and for and went multiple seasons do you remember i watched a show and this wasn't my guilty pleasure pick but when you mentioned yours um it reminded me there was a show on one of the channels like bravo or tlc or something probably getting close to 10 years ago now anywhere from seven to ten years ago it was called mall cops and they were at mall of america <laughs> yeah yeah we watched that did you okay yeah that uh it, it it was interesting. I mean, it was. I mean, not a you know, not a whole lot happens at a mall. The Mall of America, you know, a lot of others. Yeah, I don't know. We found it interesting. It was very, very short lived. It was. It didn't last very long. But something interesting about that. I spent three years in the University of Minnesota marching band. My second year, our sousaphone section leader's name was Dusty. He's kind of this big, larger than life character, and he's fun to be around. And he actually shows up on one of those episodes of Mall Cops. Does he really? He's wearing like a crocodile Dundee hat and like leading, I think, some maybe some special needs kids around. I can't remember the exact, uh, <laughs> the specifics of why he was on there, but it was something to, of that nature. So that's funny. It felt like I was, had been in the presence of a future star. <laughs> well, it's kind of fun for us just because, you know, when, go around so many places you know we've been around that mall so many times that we knew it you know knew so many of the places where they would go it was interesting but i'll okay i'm going to share my my tv show guilty pleasure and it's something we actually going still going on right now okay don't forget i love all kinds of shows like we're going to talk about reacher at some point and and all these kind of really cool shows so don't forget those when i mentioned that <laughs> I have no idea why. I don't know why, because this is so much more of a Becky show than me. Uh huh. So much more. Becky and I both started at the same time watching Bridgerton. Oh, okay. It's on Netflix. Yeah. 
it's actually a really interesting show and it can be very funny at times and it can be suspenseful at times. We're even watching the Queen Charlotte spinoff right now. In fact, after after we're done recording here, I might go, we might go watch an episode. Uh, <laughs> so not what I would have ever expected me because I never got into like Downton Abbey. Beck loves that show. I never got into that. And this is not a British run show like that is. It's actually surprisingly good and not something even a couple of years ago I would have thought I would ever get into, but I must have seen a preview somewhere or something and said, oh, that's interesting, but... It's probably one of those deals where it popped up on your uh, top 10 things on Netflix and they force you to watch the, like, force you to watch the trailer while you're scrolling through. <laughs> yeah, when you're scrolling through, if you stop for a second, they'll start a trailer for you. You're probably right. It probably just came up in something like that. I've heard lots of good things about it. I also heard, heard there's some, like, not safe for podcast type activities that happen on the show. So that in- interests me as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's 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 definitely some things that, uh, yeah, some, uh, some different... Uh, scenes that you you know wouldn't be able to talk about but uh it's uh just like anything like anything else um you know when we talk about reacher we're not going to be able to talk about all the violence that's in the show but yeah that's right maybe we can't get all the way into it yeah so i know you're excited about that uh did it come out this last friday or is it like still coming the new season new season is still coming oh okay I should know when it's going to start. I just know it hasn't yet. So I'm still just kind of waiting. And I know I go through all of our streaming platforms enough that I'll see it when it starts. I'm very anxious for that. That'll definitely be my summer show, probably. And streaming, there's a lot of, it's not like it used to be where strictly September through May, uh, there's so much more. I've had a thank God for streaming moment since we just first discussed it because because of the writer's strike going on. There's so much stuff that all the streaming services already have in the can that that can pop up there. So we continue to get to see new things, even maybe if new things aren't being made right at the same time. It doesn't seem that long ago that they had the last dang writer's strike. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a writer. I'm not a, I'm not a professional writer. I'm just saying there are things I can appreciate about what they're trying to accomplish, you know, depending on how long it ends up being, you know, we struggled with during COVID because there wasn't anything and the last writer's strike. And so now there's another one and you're absolutely right. Thank goodness that there are going to be things in the can that they can show us. And hopefully when the strike's over, they just get right back into it. And a lot of them right now, they do put it in the can and you have to wait. Right. So hopefully when the strike's over, they'll just be like, okay, we're going to shoot this and we're going to release it, you know, the day after it's done editing. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> They're going to have to do something, but enough uh, guilty pleasure stuff. <laughs> I could probably go on. <laughs> I've uh, said, said too much already. People are going to know too much about me. Y'all, thanks for for listening. I say y'all because I've been kind of watching some Dukes of Hazard lately and reliving <laughs> some childhood moments. So y'all, thanks for listening <laughs> to episode four. You know, it's funny when we started this podcast, we kind of were going to go off of uh, the 40 minute, I think. Yeah, yeah. The Zoom time. Yeah, the Zoom time. And we've gone definitely over that. But I think the reason is because we just enjoyed it and had fun. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. So that's cool. But uh, thanks for listening and hope everybody got something out of it. Oh, and I do want to mention, I don't know if there's a way right now on Spotify or any of those to make comments, but... I do want to, if you can, uh, I was interested to hear other people's guilty pleasures of what they like to listen to and watch. We definitely will have a website. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. That is coming. The sky's the limit. <laughs> sky's the limit. Thanks, everyone. The Bat Tat Show expresses the opinions of two ultra-intelligent and devilishly handsome fans of Batman. All original music included within was written, performed, and 